All right, I'll get us to bring it back. I'm going to throw it out to you guys. Uh, yell out if you think you've got a reason to start with. Why might Christians not make a New Year's resolution? Yeah, resolutions might be a bit kind of selfish and just about us. Other thoughts? Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't make any plans. If you've got plans for New Year's Day, cancel those. Don't worry about that. Yep. Colossians 3 says, fix your mind on things above, not below. Just... Squint, don't look at anything here too tightly. Yep, one more. Yeah, just do it. So don't, you know, if you say yes, you're going to do it, don't be the 91% of people who don't. You don't have to wait maybe till New Year's to make a resolution. I think there's a bunch of good answers out there. I think there's one key answer, which is this. Everything that matters most about you is already certain. Everything that matters most about you is already certain. So you don't need to chase or achieve or feel discontent and so aim for sweeping change or to be a better you in 2024 because if you are a Christian, you already have it all. You're forgiven. You're deeply loved. You're adopted as one of God's children. And incredibly, you are already made perfect holy, pure. You're able to come into God's presence and worship Him without fear. The Bible says you've been sanctified. The theological nerd word for this is positional sanctification. Your position before God is holy and righteous forever. It cannot be changed. And so you can be in God's presence forever and there is no better place to be than that. It's extraordinary, isn't it? You are right and actually made like the God of the universe. It's impossible to overstate how incredible that truth is. See, in the Bible, God is the one who's holy, who's perfect and pure. He's other, divine, set apart, not like anything else. That's what we saw in Isaiah 6. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. But as we get further in the Bible, we actually see it's possible for you and I to be called holy, pure, and perfect. But there's a difference. I don't know if you've ever thought about that difference. What is the difference between God's holiness and our holiness? Have you thought about that? See, the difference is that God is holy in himself. By his own nature, that's what he is, holy. Whereas we are only holy by virtue of our relationship to him. It comes from outside of us, not within us. See, naturally, we're not holy. Naturally, we're flawed, defiled, evil, sinners. There's no inherent quality about us that leads God to love us or enables us to be anywhere near his presence. 
And yet God has set his love and affection on us anyway, purely out of his love, not out of our loveliness. And so we can read the words for 1 Peter 2 for ourselves. It will come up on the screen. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, (coughs) a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvellous light. God has called us out of darkness and into his marvellous light. And so now we are a people holy for him. Isn't that astonishing? How? How can God do that? In Christ. Not just in his death, but in his life. Jesus' perfect obedience to his Father means he was truly perfect, pure, holy and love, which made him the perfect sacrifice for us. Where on the cross, his righteousness is given to us in such a way it can truly now be said of you, you are holy perfect, pure, loved, forgiven. And so now, Hebrews 10, our second reading is true for us. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now we can draw near to the God of life and of love, be in his presence forever. See, what matters most about you is that your status before God is holy, perfect, Pure, your sins are washed away. You're righteous before a holy God. You're made fit for heaven, perfect. And you can enjoy the privilege of drawing near to him. There is no better place to be than that. Than near the one who rules the universe and is the source of life and every blessing. And so as you think about 2024, know that the pressure is off. You don't have to have that weight on your shoulders that you have to achieve to be respected, that you have to be good to be loved, that you have to do better to have a chance with God. You don't need to make a New Year's resolution. You can just rejoice. Give thanks that no matter what happens in 2024, the things that matter most will not change. They cannot change. See, if you have the worst year ever of your life in 2024, by the end of the year, you'll still be forgiven, adopted, loved, perfect, and able to come into the very presence of the Lord of the universe. And if you have the best ever year of your life, know that it won't be anywhere near as good as what you already have. Do you know that? Everything that matters most about you is certain. It's guaranteed. Praise God, right? 
So, why would a Christian make a New Year's resolution? Are there any good reasons to make New Year's resolutions as a Christian? Again, I want you to talk to people around you. What would you say if you had to say yes? Is there anything in the Bible that helps? I'll give you a few minutes. Go for it. All right, let's bring it back. Again, if you've got a thought, chuck it out. It's going to help the rest of us. Who's feeling brave to go first? If you to say, yes, Christians should make resolutions, what would you say? It's a scratch of the face. That's not one. Always room for improvement. Always room for improvement like that. That's right. Every day, every New Year's a day closer to Jesus' return. Let's get ready for it. Other thoughts? Yeah, it's a quiet time of year, good time to reflect. Being a good steward of what you already have, I like that. Again, lots of good answers out there, lots of ways you can go. I think this is the key one. Yes, it's good to have resolutions aimed at change because we need to be what we are. We need to be what we are. See, what are we? We've seen that in Christ we are holy. That's our status. That word again, positional sanctification. And yet, put your hand up if you are completely holy. If you're morally perfect, if you're exactly like God, no, me neither. Uh, See, there's a difference between our status in Christ as holy and our actual lives that we live. We're holy, but we're not holy. We're not what we are. Do you see? The question that follows then is, does it matter? Does it matter if I have a holy status, but not a holy life? Yes. Yes. 
matters hugely. Uh, here's just two reasons why. Grow to be what we are. First, because this is God's will for your life. Have a look at 1 Peter again, this time chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Peter quotes what God has already said in the Old Testament. Be holy, because I, the Lord, am holy. And Peter uses family language. You are children and God is your father, so take on the family likeness. Be like him. God commands it. This is his will for your life. Grow in holiness to be like your father who is holy. Second, grow to be what you are because of God's name and honour. See, in saving and setting apart a people for himself, God's name and honour actually becomes bound up and tied to his people. And so when the world looks at God's people, his name is honoured by how we represent him. God's name and honour is tied to his people. And so it's essential that we embody the holiness and righteousness of our Lord who's called us so that his name might be honoured. So the theological word for growing in holiness, here's another one for you, progressive sanctification, progressing, growing in holiness to be what we are. That is a great thing to resolve to grow in in 2024. And so, yes, New Year's resolutions, particularly about growing in holiness, are a great thing to do. In fact, God says we must do it. Grow so you can be who you are. But... And there's a big but. Making a resolution is not what's going to get you there. Making a New Year's resolution is not the thing that's going to kickstart that training montage where you go from zero to hero. You get that backing song and some slow-mo clips from your year where you kind of grow and become this perfect person. It's easy to think if I make the right resolution and I have enough feeling as I do it, then I'll just be able to stick to it then. People use all kinds of things to try to bring about change in their life, right? Setting goals, making a resolution, accountability, making a routine, tracking how many days it's been since I've done that bad thing. They're helpful things, and we'll talk about those. But when it comes to growing in holiness and godliness, the key agents of change are God's Word and God's Spirit. See, it's as we come face to face with the word of truth and as God's spirit deeply works in us, then you will grow into who God has saved you to be. He brings radical change. See, it's not just that God's spirit prompts you to change some of the things that are bad about you to be some good things. No, he makes you a totally new person, someone with a completely new will who wants to live for God. Someone with reshaped affection so that you love to live for God. And he empowers you ongoingly that you might do it. In fact, he works in such a profound way, you can say that we're not growing in our holiness, but we are bearing the fruit of Christ's holiness in us. You're not growing in your holiness, but growing in the very holiness of Christ. Isn't that incredible? And so we can never say, look at my work, 
Look at what I've done. It is God's grace from first to last. Praise God. And so we should aim to grow so we can be what we are. And we've got everything we need to do it. And so what exactly are we aiming for? What exactly does it look like to grow into being what we are? Well, what are we aiming for? We're aiming for Christ. To grow in holiness, to be what we are, is to grow in Christ-likeness. He is the truly holy one, the perfect and full representation of our holy God. He's the one we look to, to see what we're meant to be. Uh, One way the Bible puts it is, be conformed to Christ. If you want to grow to be what you are, look at Christ and grow to be like him. That's what we're aiming at, the fullness of Christ. And so what does it look like to grow in Christ-likeness? Two things, putting off and putting on. Putting off and putting on. Let's have a look at Colossians 3. This time I'll get you to flick there if you're not there already. Colossians 3, and we'll do verse 1 to 5 and then verse 12 to 14. Colossians 3. If then, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Skip to verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Notice first, it's set your mind on Christ and the things that are above. Set your focus on the one we're becoming like and fill your mind with the things of him. And then put to death that which is earthly and put on that which belongs to Christ. Like a sculptor who gets a massive block of marble and says, I just take away everything that doesn't look like a masterpiece. Put off everything that belongs to the old self. Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness. The list goes on. Have a look at verse 8. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices. To be who you are is to put it all off. Relentlessly. Kill it. Get rid of anything that isn't the masterpiece of Christ in you. And put on everything that belongs to Christ, your new self. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, and put on love, which binds it all together. 
this is God's will for your life in 2024 and every day. You don't have to stress about what am I meant to do with my life, what am I going to do for a job, do whatever. But make sure by God's word and his spirit, you put off the old self and put on the new. That is what matters. Grow more and more to be what you are, who God saved you to be, knowing it is God's grace from first to last. And so how do you need to grow in 2024? If you're going to make a resolution, uh, what will it be about? How are you going to get there? Uh, Can anyone finish this sentence for me? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Now, we've already said goals and strategies aren't the key agents of change, and they're definitely not. But it strikes me that we make plans for all kinds of things that matter to us, right? But I wonder if we rarely plan for this thing that God tells us matters so much. Is that just me? It'd be massively worth taking some time to think about what do I need to put off and put on this year? How am I going to do it? What verses do I need to memorise? How am I going to pray about it? Is there a book I need to read? Is there a person I can talk to, a podcast or sermon series I can listen to? Is there a phrase I need to come up with to to say to myself in that moment? I'm just going to give you a moment now just, just to start that process on your phone, in your outline, in your head. Where do you want to grow in 2024? How are you going to get there? I'm just going to give you a moment to start that now. It'd be worth taking some time to finish that. But yes, it can be good to make New Year's resolutions because we're not yet what we are in Christ. In Christ, our status is holy. So let's grow together into who God has made us and saved us to be. Yet, we will never fully reach it, this side of glory. Which is the last point. New Year's resolutions are only temporary. New Year's resolutions can be good things for Christians. It recognises we need to grow because we're not what we are and that we're not what we one day will be. One day there will no longer be a gap. One day what we are in God's sight and what we are in ourselves will be the same. We'll be glorified, made truly perfect in every way. This is the climax of what God is doing in us. He he doesn't just spare us from judgment. No, he brings us to glory. Where we can't even imagine how incredible it will be. In 2024, pray for and long for that day. So, should Christians have New Year's resolutions? 
No. In 2024, spend your time rejoicing that no matter how good or bad your year is, the things that matter most about you are certain, guaranteed. They can never change. Praise God. And yet, yes, as you look towards 2024, do plan to grow more into what you are. This is God's will for your life. And his name is tied to how we reflect his character in some way. So yes, grow to be what you are. And finally, New Year's resolutions are only a thing for a little bit. And so spend 2024 praying for Jesus to return, for that time when all things will be put right, where we will truly be what we are, perfect, holy, and righteous, singing praises face to face with the one who's done it all for us all. Praise God. Amen.